At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warm Welcome to the lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beats Family Podcast. That tremendous podcast here is Josh Ingles, does a great job over there at Covers to use upon covering a little bit of everything. He's going to be joining me in the second segment. He is out there north of the border, so we're going to talk a little bit about this Blue Jays versus Milwaukee Brewers game. We're also going to be taking a look at just a few things with regards to handicapping. I'll call it inside baseball with gauging bullpens and things of that nature, as well as just sort of little things that you want to be taking into account with regards to your handicapping. We're also going to be diving into Astros versus Yankees as well, as that is a very fascinating game. So we're going to be talking with them about a few marquee games for Sunday and also going to be diving into just some things to look at in general when it comes to your handicapping. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Sunday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. And you got one or two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline and the other ways find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Via that five-star review, did not really get in any Twitter questions today, but we did wind up seeing quite a few unders in Major League Baseball on Saturday. So let's dive into it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know that he seems a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. I had just six of the 15 MLB games wind up going over the total, and one of those unders involved a no-hitter. 
Christian Avier. Seven scoreless innings and seven no-hit innings before he's relieved because he winds up throwing 115 pitches, struck out 13 Yankees as the Astros. Get it done. 3-0 to zero is the final. It was Hector Neres and Ryan Presley that pitched the 8th and ninth inning for the combined no-hitter for the Houston Astros. And for the Astros, he did wind up having a pair of homers that were able to power the seam to victory. Jose Altuve, 14th home run season. And then J.J. Matevich, he was able to get his second home run season for Matevich. He winds up going deep off of Garrett Cole. I mean, this is a tough luck loss right here. Gives up one solo home run over the course of seven innings. From there, Michael King allows the other home run in his inning of work. Lucas Lukey gave up a run as well, but for the New York Yankees, absolutely nothing doing the Astros. They wind up coming an error in this one, but I mean, you only had three walks, and that was it for the New York Yankees. So the Astros have now won two straight games, and they're going to get at minimum a split in that four-game set. The Baltimore Orioles, they go on the road, and they take the... Third straight in this series against the Chicago White Sox. 6-2 the finalists. Things are not so rosy out there in Chicago as Spencer Watkins. One unearned run given up in five innings. This is someone that had an 8 ERA last season, by the way. And then from there, you did wind up having Brian Baker, Nick Vespi. Both give you a score saying before Dylan Tate gives up a run in an inning as Ore Mateo. Big game here for the Baltimore Orioles. He winds getting his fifth home run season. That comes off of Lance Lynn, who since coming off the injured list, does not look like himself. Six runs, five of which were earned, given up in six and two-thirds innings. Jose Ruiz gives you four outside the bullpen, scoreless, and Tanner Banks winds up giving you a scoreless inning. But White Sox now 33-37. and 37. Their win percentage is pretty much on par with that of the Baltimore Orioles. So that's not necessarily too terrific. This was not terrific. If you are a fan of the Miami Marlins, as the New York Mets, they wind up getting it done by a count of 5-3 as Pete Alonso goes deep twice in this game. 21st and 22nd home runs of the campaign as he takes Trevor Rogers deep and Rogers' bad season continues. Gives up three runs in four and a third innings, including one of those homers. Jacob Yacobonis gives up the other home run as he allows a run in an inning. Richard Blyer gives up a run in an inning. And Anthony Bastille and Floro both give you a scoreless inning. Is that pop? He had it pop and he winds up giving you a pair of outs out of the bullpen. And for the Marlins, they got a pair of home runs themselves off of Chris Bassett, who was taken hook, line, and sinker by Asu Sanchez. Sent home run season and Brian De La Cruz is fourth as Bassett gives up both of those home runs. Three runs in total in seven innings. And then Seth Lugo, Edwin Diaz. They come in, they close out the eighth and the ninth innings. The Arizona Diamondbacks have been the best home under team in Major League Baseball this season. As a matter of fact, in the first 37 home games of the season, just 11 had went over, but you wind up seeing the Tigers bust out the bats. They get a 6-3 win over them as it was the first home run of the season for Cody Clemens as he was able to go deep off of Joe Manette Tipley, someone who entered into this game with a sub-040 ERA. That tripled as he gave up three runs in one and a third innings. Zach Davies, starter, gives up three runs, two of which were earned over the course of five innings. From there, Noe Ramirez along with Mark Melanson both give you a scoreless inning and Kyle Nelson, pair of outs out of the bullpen. David Peralta, he was able to get a home run of his own off of Alex Fajardo, who winds up getting his ninth of the season for Fajardo. Third straight start in which he wound up giving up three plus runs after he had given up two or fewer in each out of his first eight as he gives up three runs in four innings. But the Tigers, they've got a top eight bullpen in terms of ERA in the big leagues, and they went to work. Joey Menace, Michael Fulmer, Gregory Soto, I'll give you a scoreless setting, and Tyler Alexander. He was able to give you two scores to be able to get it done out west. The San Francisco Giants, they get it done against the Cincinnati Reds by kind of nine to two as Mike Miner continues to be a major disappointment. Now he's 771 ERA. Six runs given up in five innings, including three bombs going deep off of him. Evan Longoria, his seventh home run of the season. Jack Peterson gets his 17th. And then Thario Estrada 
was able to get his sixth home run season. Then Wilmer Flores, a little bit later, he'd be able to get his ninth home run season off of Jared Selman, who gives up three runs in an inning before Dottie Moretta and Ross Detweiler, both give you a scoreless inning. And for the San Francisco Giants, it was all about Logan Webb. One unearned run over the course of six innings. The team is now 18-1 and the last 19 games. They pitches in the regular season in San Francisco. And then Tyler Rogers, the scoreless setting is Amy Long. He comes in for long relief, giving up a solo home run over the course of two innings as Brandon Drury was able to get that 15th home run season. The Minnesota Twins shut out the Colorado Rockies. Both games in this series have featured a shutout. The Rockies were able to get one on Friday. The Twins get one on Saturday. 6-0, the finalists for Colorado. Just won it in this game. Nothing doing for them as Chris Archer winds up going five scoreless settings. Gives up that hit, so he didn't have a no-hitter when he left. From there, Gerald Cotton, Griffin Jacks. They both give you a scoreless setting. And Tyler Thornburg was able to give you two scoreless as Byron Buxton. He was able to give the team a triple in this game as Antonio Sensatella got banged around giving up four runs over the course of five innings. He's given up nearly 14 hits per nine innings, by the way. Yulee's just seen. Jake Bird were both able to give you a scoreless inning, and then Carlos Cesevas gives up two runs in his inning of work. Going to work, that would be the Atlanta Braves. They take down the LA Dodgers by a count of five to three. As Mitch White, a little bit of an unexpected start for the Dodgers, wound up providing just four innings, giving up three runs, all of which were earned, including a bomb to Mr. Dansby Swanson, 13th home run season, Brassardo Gratterall. He would wind up giving one up to Marcel Ozuna, winds getting his 14th home run season as he takes a loss, giving up two runs in his inning of work. He did have Alex Vesia, David Price, along with Evan Phillips. I'll give you a scoreless inning, and Will Smith, he got jiggy with it off of AJ Minter. His 11th home run season for Minter. He winds up giving up a home run in his inning of work. Max Fried, another good start for him. Two runs given up in six and two thirds innings. The other Will Smith gives the out of the bullpen and Kenley Jansen. He comes on, he gets his 20th save against his former team as he winds up being able to deliver a scoreless inning. Yusei Kikuchi, he delivered another bad start as the Milwaukee Brewers get to him and the Brewers, they're able to get it done by a count of 5-4 to four. for Yusei Kikuchi. He winds up giving up all five runs in this game as he has now allowed at least three runs in each out of his last five starts. Now, three of them were unearned. He was hurt by a Bobachette fielding error, but he did wind up giving up a pair of homers in this game as Andrew McCutcheon gets a sixth home run season and Mark Barrasso is fourth. And, I mean, for the Blue Jays, some good relief pitching. Trent Thornton, two scoreless things. Max Castillo, four scoreless. And for the Brewers, they're unable to cover the run line because he had a pair of home runs for the Blue Jays of their own. Bo Bichette, who had the air, he winds up getting his 12th home run season and Matt Chapman his 10th. Those both come off of Corbin Burns, who winds up giving up three runs in seven and a third innings. Josh Hader, for just the second time in 45 appearances, gave up a run as he allows a run in his inning of work, but still enough to be able to get the save as he did wind up having Devin Williams give you an out out of the bullpen as well. Coming out of the bullpen was a whole bunch of guys for the Texas Rangers, and they wind up getting it done by kind of three to two as for Texas. Taylor Earn wound up being a bulk guy as Brett Martin was an opener. He winds up providing a scoreless setting. And Taylor Earn, after he was posting up an ERA north of a six as a starter, comes out of the bullpen. Four scoreless settings. Brock Burke did wind up giving up two runs in his inning of work going deep for the Washington Nationals. Nelson Cruz, his eighth home run season. But Matt Moore gave you more two scoreless settings to Joe Barlow, a scoreless setting. And for the Texas Rangers, Adelise Garcia. He winds up being able to supply a walk-off homer. 15th home run season. Prior to that, Nate Lau, he was able to get loud as he winds up getting his 10th home run of the season off of USI Gray. And Gray, he gives up just two runs in seven innings. Kyle Finnegan winds up giving up that walk-off homer as Ado Lee Garcia hitting a 300 with eight home runs in his last 30 days. And Carl Edwards Jr. also wound up coming into this game. He wound up delivering a scoreless setting, but the Nationals now 26-48 and 48 overall for the season. 
That's not necessarily too terrific. The Pittsburgh Pirates, they are now 29-42. and 42. That's not terrific as they wound up allowing the Tampa Bay Rays to be able to rally from down two. And they get the W by a count of 6-5 of five as for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Pair of home runs in this one. Jack Swazinski, 12th home run season. And then you would have Diego Castillo go deep for his 7th. Corey Kluber was not necessarily overly long for this game, giving up two runs in five and a third innings, including the home run to Castillo. Beaks would give up the other bomb, giving up three runs in one and two-thirds innings. From there, Ralph Garza Jr., two scoreless innings, and for the Tampa Bay Rays, Isaac Paredes. Now, has five home runs in his last three games played, and he had the walk-off RBI single in this one as well. He has been absolutely on fire as the Rays go 5-11 with Ben in scoring position, and G2 Baker, a relatively decent start here, gives up three runs over the course of six innings. Now, Rays lineup has been a little bit banged up, but Bullpen let them down from there. David Benar, he winds up getting two outs out of the bullpen before giving up the walk-off hit to Isaac Paredes, giving up two runs, and Chase Young wound up giving up the home run to Paredes in his inning of work. So, not too terrific for the Pittsburgh Pirates, so they were able to cover the run line for those that took that. The St. Louis Cardinals, they covered the money line and the run line. They wind up taking down the Chicago Cubs by a count of 5-3 to three as for the Cubs. They wound up having Adrian Sampson give them a halfway decent start, giving up two runs over the course of five innings. But the bullpen has been an issue as Mark Leiter Jr. lights it up, giving up two runs over the course of two innings. And then Rowan Wicks got efforts. They combined for an inning. They combined to give up an earned run as Rafael Ortega. He winds going deep in the eighth inning off of Giovanni Gallegos. Fourth home run season for Gallegos. Gives up two runs and one and a third innings before Ryan Elsley winds up getting a 5-0 win. And Miles Michaelis, he continues to be incredible for the St. Louis Cardinals. He's got a 2.57 ERA. Gives up one run over the course of six innings. So he continues his stellar play against the NL Central. The Oakland A's are now 5-22 in their last 27 games as... They wind up taking down the Kansas City Rails by kind of 9-7. It's been tough for Oakland, but they did get a home run off the bat of Tony Kemp. Second home run season as the Kansas City Rails bullpen continues to be atrocious. And Brad Keller wasn't much better in this one. Three and two-thirds innings gives up five runs, four of which were earned from there. Amir Garrett gives you an out out of the bullpen. And you got a pair of outs out of Foster Griffin as well. But Dylan Coleman gives up a run in an inning. Taylor Clark gives up that home run. Two runs in one and a third inning. Daniel Magnan, he winds up giving up one run in two innings. And for the Kansas City Rails, Bobby Wood Jr. was able to get his 11th home run of the season. That came off of the starter in Jared Koenig. And for Mr. Jared Koenig, he does wind up giving up three runs in four and two-thirds innings. And then you would have Sam Maul. Wind up putting his ERA up to a 2.53 as he allowed three runs without getting an out as Michael A. Taylor took him deep for his fifth home run season. Lou Trevino, two scoreless innings to be able to get the save to lower his ERA to a 7.52. Zach Jackson, scoreless inning for him. And A.J. Puck, he gives up one run and one and a third innings. You wind up having the Boston Red Sox go on the road and they got a win against the Cleveland Guardians by count of 42. Boston is now 10 games above 500. And if you think back to what we wound up seeing in early April, things were not necessarily so rosy for this team. This was a Boston Red Sox bunch that they've really been able to run off a nice little streak here as they wind up being able to get a home run off the bat of Alex Verdugo, his fifth home run of the season, as Josh Winkowski. It's a good thing that he's not Luzkowski because he won in this one, giving up two runs over the course of five and a third innings. Jake Diekman, four outs out of the bullpen. John Schreiber was able to give you out of the bullpen before Matt Stram, Tanner Elk, scoreless eighth and ninth inning out of both of them. And Shane Bieber, well, we were not believers after this one. He gives up the home run. Three runs in total over the course of seven innings. Trevor Steven was able to give you a scoreless inning before Enya De Los Santos winds up giving up a run in the bullpen. And for the Cleveland Guardians, they're averaging right around .6 home runs per game at home. It's been very strange to see their offensive output just not necessarily be there. The Seattle Mariners, they have been touching 
go with regards to their offensive output, but it was there in this one, 5-3. to three. They wind up taking down the LA Angels as for Seattle is Julio Rodriguez in the first inning. And was able to get a home run off of Patrick Sandoval's 11th home run season. And for Patrick Sandoval, he had allowed just two home runs all season prior to that one and still delivered a good start. Had to evade a lot of danger as he gave up eight hits in five innings with just one run from there. Archie Bradley hurt by Tyler Wade fielding here. Gives up three runs all unearned in two-thirds of an inning. Jose Quijada gives up a run in an inning before Elvis Baguero. He was in the building for seven outs without giving up a run in. The Angels got a pair of home runs of their own. Shoy Otani, 16th home run season off of Logan Gilbert. And Kurt Suzuki also goes deep off of Gilbert for his second. And for Gilbert, he does find it giving up those two home runs. Three runs in total, of course, of five and two-thirds innings. But the Seattle Mariners bullpen looks to be a little bit more back as Eric Swanson, Diego Casio, Ryan Baruki, and Penn Murphy combined for three and a third innings. Scoreless in the... The DK Nation pick was on the over in the Phillies versus the San Diego Padres game. Of course, we've got six runs in the top of the sixth inning, and then the game dies. Four to two. The Philadelphia Phillies are able to get it done, but bigger than that, Bryce Harper leaves this game. He has a fractured thumb. Got to think that he's going to be out for quite a while. So that's an issue. What else was an issue for San Diego was Blake Snell's pitching as he allowed a home run to JT Riamito. Fifth home run season for Snell. Five and two-thirds innings. Gives up four runs, all of which weren't. From there, Tim Hill winds up giving you two scoreless innings out of the bullpen. Stephen Wilson and out of the out of the bullpen. And Craig Salmon, a scoreless inning. But for the Padres, not a lot doing for them. Just four hits in total. As you know, Zach Eflin, not be Eflin awful. Gives up two runs over the course of five innings. Andrew Bellotti, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Brad and Corey Knable. They all give you a scoreless setting in for the Philadelphia Phillies. This is a team that is now 16-6 and in their last 22 games. And if you're taking a look at Major League Baseball in general, we have been noticing that the last few days have been a little bit prone to unders. With that said, we certainly have been seeing just all along this season quite a few games wind up going under. You wind up having a nice little over binge in the months of May. And here into June, it seems like we might be seeing a little bit of a shift on that. We're going to be talking to Josh Ingles, who does a great job of covers about that in a few minutes. But with that said, if you're looking for the entirety of the season, 51.7% of games have one under the total 525 unders to 491 overs. And if you're looking at favorites, they've been able to dominate 642 and 429. We actually did see quite a few dogs wind up barking on Saturday. And if you're looking at the home favorites, they are 400 and 281 straight up. So they're winning at a rate of 58.7%, but there have already been this season 125 instances in which the home favorite has not been able to cover the run line because they won by just one run. That's the run line is 275 and 407 for home favorites. So that's pretty stark. And I mentioned it with regards to underdogs. You wound up seeing them go seven and eight on Saturday. And on Saturday, you did wind up seeing the unders being able to prevail as well. And if you take a look at the last 30 days in general in Major League Baseball, underdogs are in right around 40.2% to earn 45 and 165 is the record for favorites. And we've seen 197 overs and 194 unders in baseball over the last 30 days. So pretty even Stevens and a man that does a great job of be able to keep track of all this and so much more is Josh Ingles. He does a great job over there at covers and I actually wound up getting those numbers and I just read off from covers. He's going to be joining me next. We are going to be taking a look at some trends on Major League Baseball. Just some things that we look at in terms of handicapping as well when it comes to bullpen usage as well and we're going to be taking a look at some of the marquee games for Sunday right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Eastern Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts and 
Great to be joined by our guy. Says Josh Ingles is doing an absolutely terrific job over there at Covers. He does a little bit of everything when it comes to the MLB, NHL. When it comes to football season, he does a great job taking a look at the NFL as well as Josh is a man that covers a little bit of everything over there. Covers and covers. They do a great job of taking a look at the trends really in all sports. And you're able to follow him on Twitter at covers underscore Josh. So pretty much the name of the company it works for underscore and then his name and Josh. It is great to have you aboard. Thank you. Hi, thanks for having me today, Greg. I really appreciate it. Sitting here watching your Brewers dice up my Jays in pretty big series as we got Manoa on Friday, then we got Burns on Saturday, then it gets a little silly with Chi-Chi on Sunday. Yeah, Chi-Chi Gonzalez, someone that, ironically enough, the Blue Jays faced and lost to while he was on the Minnesota Twins. Not because he necessarily pitched well in that game, but because I think the Minnesota Twins in that game wound up having a double-digit amount of runs and for the Toronto Blue Jays on Sunday, taking a look forward to this game, they are going to need to get quite a few innings out of a guy that hasn't necessarily been overly trustworthy for them this season at Jose Barrios because you say Kikuchi could not get out of the third inning against the Milwaukee Brewers on Saturday. And as we see it right now, Blue Jays are finding themselves in a lot of books somewhere in that neighborhood of about a minus 135-ish. I'm seeing them a little bit higher, a little bit lower in some spots. What do you make out of this one? Because Barrios has not necessarily been the most trustworthy starting pitcher in the world. Chichi Gonzalez certainly has been having his, shall we say, not so great moments in the MLB as well. Absolutely. Uh, I, I give you some credit right at the bat. You had the Saturday game, the Kikuchi versus Burns number bang on. The prices have been really funny in this series. So Manoa on Friday was minus 140, and then they swing to Kikuchi at plus 165. So I don't think you see in baseball that much of a swing between starters. And I mean, we, I mean, from Friday to Saturday, we were looking at two American League, National League, Cy Young guys. But then we got, like you said, Barrios. He's either been hot or cold, and there's really been nothing in between. He's coming off a four-inning pitch, nine hit, six run versus the White Sox on the road. I got to watch him in probably the most deflating baseball game ever went down to the opener. Haven't had a baseball opener in two years after COVID. We get out there, Barrios on the bump, gives up seven in the first inning and absolutely sucks the air out of the Rogers Center. But his season has been just pretty much going that same way. His case per nine or under one per inning. And if he can't get deep, he's going to have to hand things over to a Toronto bullpen that, like you said, with Kikuchi not getting out of the third, is going to have to get 18 outs today on the road or, or 15, actually. So... This Toronto bullpen has not been good of late, 5.00 ERA over the last 30 days. So it could be tough. I don't know if I can trust the juice on the visitors here in Toronto. So there's nothing wrong with Milwaukee versus a right-handed starter. Yeah, this is certainly going to be a case where I think that Jose Barrio should have a little bit of a starting edge. But this is a Blue Jays bullpen that they themselves, not one of the best ones in the league. I think that we can both agree on that and now having a text. Toronto Blue Jays bullpen that does wind up hurting them but with that said when you do wind up seeing sort of these blow-up starts like you wound up having with Yusei Kikuchi on Saturday I do think that it actually doesn't necessarily hurt the team that winds up having that blow-up start as much as a lot of people think because in a little bit of a weird way it saves more of the trustworthy bullpen arms for the Toronto Blue Jays like they aren't going to be going to a lot of their guys that are more shall we say stout for the Toronto Blue Jays following up, you say Kikuchi, 
you want to get in quite a few innings of someone like a Trent Thornton, and then they want to going to Max Castillo. You're less than trustworthy guys. So I actually do think that handicapping games in which a guy winds up getting blown up to start before, I don't think you need to make maybe as many adjustments with regards to bullpen use as I do think a lot of people would indicate just because more of those trustworthy bullpen pieces, by default, they actually wind up getting saved in these instances. Absolutely. I, th- I think that's bang on analysis right there. And one thing I do, as much as I'm now, as much as I look at the weather for first thing before I even look at baseball prices, is go right over to fan graphs, go to the closer depth chart, and just see who's in, who's pitched recently. And like you said, if Milwaukee on Saturdays has to go through their A bullpen, I mean, it's it, it's a benefit for Toronto in that situation because I don't think Toronto will be using their A bullpen. So there is a big case of A bullpen versus B bullpen stuff. And especially in series like this, just three-game series over the weekend and inter-county league stuff. I mean, it's not going to be that big of a deal, especially with these blowouts. I'm not putting too much into it, but if Barrios can't get into uh, the fifth inning or the fourth inning, even the middle relief guys are kind of banged up in Toronto. So you know the difference between a solid middle inning guy and like a guy who's just a fringe roster guy who's eating innings at the end of a series. That's when things can get ugly, I think. Yep, I do think so as well. And a good point that you bring up because I do think that with the Milwaukee Brewers, they've got the biggest swing because you were talking about with the biggest swings in terms of starting pitchers. They've got the biggest swings with the guards of bullpen because when you got Devin Williams to Josh Hader, that is a whole heck of a lot different than when you wind up trotting out there say, Trevor Kelly, John Del Gustave, and then we'll throw in there Brent Suter. That is a big, big difference. So I do think that that's very well said there, as we do have Josh Ingles. Does a great job at covers. He is currently joining me on the podcast. And Josh, when it comes to baseball in general, it certainly has been interesting to take a look at some of those. I think that the best word for it is idiosyncrasies with that. And something that I'm taking a look at as well, because the Blue Jays versus Brewers game, that's one that, we just talked about that's an intriguing one for Sunday, but this is by far the biggest game on the slate, in my opinion. Houston Astros against the New York Yankees, because these are the two top teams in the American League. I think that we're both in agreement. Who winds up being that number three team, whether it is the Minnesota Twins, the White Sox, the Blue Jays, the Red Sox. I think that we're going to be figuring that out as we end up going along. But we're right now seeing the best two teams out there in the American League. And Houston Astros coming off of two very big wins. Now it's going to be Nestor Cortez versus Jose Urquidy, who's going to be going on Sunday. Very interesting spot for a Yankees team that they're all of a sudden in danger of losing three straight games. And if nothing else, if the Houston Astros are able to, once again, even keep it close, much like they wound up losing, but they lost by one run on Thursday, I think that this is a big confidence booster for them just moving forward in general, the way that they played in the Bronx this weekend. Yeah, and for baseball fans, we've been pretty lucky. I mean, we saw the Verlander game on Friday. That was a 3-1. I mean, Verlander versus Severino, that's awesome. Then we had Javier versus Caracol. Like, it was set up perfectly. It looked like everyone set up their rotation for today or for Saturday and this weekend. And probably the one name that probably not everybody's familiar with, Christian Javier, Goes out, throws seven no-hit innings, hands things over to the bullpen. They go clean as much as you want to break into it. I mean, watching people celebrate a combined no-hitter is funny for some people, and some people don't like it, obviously. Some people think they should go. But Javier was at 115 pitches. He hadn't thrown more than 96 all year. So beating beating New York to a no-hitter goes a long way, especially in a tomorrow game 
Like you said, Jose Hercredi, he's one of the worst pitchers in baseball when it comes to hard hit percentage. So he's bottom 7% in exit velocity. He gets hit hard, and this is not a great matchup for him for New York. But as we all know, hitting can be very contagious. And when you're coming off a game where you get zero hits versus three pitchers in Houston and run the risk of losing three straight games, sometimes in hockey we say you squeeze the stick too hard. Sometimes in baseball, that has an everlasting objection effect that can carry over. So Nestor Cortez, I mean, he is the number five betting favorite for the AL Cy Young, 11 to one right now, but he's still a guy who sits low nineties with his fastball and his cutter. He throws both of those at 78%. So he doesn't really mix a lot of stuff in, but he doesn't really give up a lot of good contact. Hatters are just hitting a buck 80 off him and he only has a 23% whiff rate. So if people can figure him out, I think there's a point where Cortez kind of regresses, the lefty kind of regresses, and I don't think these numbers are sustainable, but I think everybody's probably said that all season, especially when he's just kind of sitting with that fastball cutter at, what, 80% basically of his two pitches. So I'm expecting another really good game. I really don't have a feel of it. I mean, the books are probably pricing the fact that you're not going to beat the Yankees three games in a row at home, so... Look for Nestor Cortez to be a big favorite for tomorrow, I would assume, probably in the 180 as I bring up the odds. 165, that's what I'm seeing now. Yeah, but he's right now sitting in that pocket about minus 165, seeing as low as a minus 155. And I do think that it is interesting to take a look at Nestor Cortez moving forward because it's been a little bit more up and down in his most recent few starts. That start against Minnesota did not go his way. You wound up being able to bounce back from there. I personally wound up making him more in the neighborhood about a minus 160 personally, so being able to get a minus 155 or better, that would be appealing to me. But I do think that he's one of the trickiest guys to handicap just because he doesn't necessarily have that blowout stuff. He has been really relying upon deception. And this far, it's been working. But I do feel like Nestor Cortez could wind up the second half of the year being a little bit of a feast or famine guy as well. I think that that's a little bit of a fear that you need to have with him because I could see a scenario in which Nestor Cortez becomes a starter that he winds up either going like six innings, giving up one run, or he becomes one of those guys that winds up getting shelled. He winds up giving up like five runs in four innings. And then there are a few guys like that, like Steven Matz, I always think is a good example. I could almost see that being Nestor Cortez being one of those guys towards the second half of the season, just with his pitching style. Yeah, I see that. And brought up a good fact over like his last three starts, nine runs, 14 innings. The scary thing is five home runs over his last three starts, two multi-home run games, including that three home run game allowed. So the book is out, and we all know baseball's a game of adjustments. And when you're sitting 91, 92 constantly on 80% of your pitches, adjustments can be made with big league hitters. So this is my place here. Cortez at 11 to 1 is probably the shortest we'll see him all year. Yeah, I do think that Cortez is probably going to be in for a relatively good start here against a guy in Jose Urikidi, who he's a little bit more of a pitch to contact guy. So. Going to be interesting to see how the Yankees are going to be able to fare on Sunday as that's a total of eight and a half. And we do have Josh Ingles doing a great job over there at Covers. He is joining me on the podcast. And Josh, I do think that we've got a really good slate that is going to be going down for Sunday. And I know that one of the games that you were taking a look at was that Yankees versus Astros game. But I know that you've also got your eye on this Rays versus Pittsburgh Pirates game as Ronsi Contreras is going to be going for the Pirates and Shane McClanahan is going to be on the bump for Tampa Bay. And this is really the lowest total that we're seeing on the board. We have found ourselves a total of a six and a half here, and I personally think that it's warranted. With the way that Shane McClanahan has been pitching, if you take a look at some of the fielding independent numbers, some have his fielding independent right on par with his sub-two ERA. Guy has been absolutely magnificent, and 
Ronzi Contreras. I mean, he's not been a guy that has come out and completely embarrassed himself. He has looked very good yeah. here for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Young 22-year-old, he certainly has a feature in this league. Personally, I do think that this is going to be another good spot for the Tampa Bay Rays just because I have a lot more faith in their bullpen than the Pittsburgh Pirates. But I think that if you're looking at the starting pitching, I do think that it's a little bit of an advantage to the Tampa Bay Rays. But if you'd be looking at a first five versus a full game, I would be evaluating this a little bit differently because I do think that the Rays get it done with their bullpen. But I mean, in terms of a first five, I could easily see this being like, one to one, zero to zero after five innings. I like that angle too. I mean, how good uh, McClanahan has has actually been sitting with like a one point eight one ERA. He's been even better over his last seven games. This is a guy who's getting better with a one point two zero ERA over his last seven. And you want to talk about command from a young lefty? One hundred thirteen Ks to sixteen walks, whiff plus chase plus velo, all in the top ten percent. This guy. Literally has it all. There's a, it's the reason why he's the number one betting favorite for the AL Cy Young, plus 375 right now. And as we look over at Ronzi Contreras, the guy's stuff is raw. It's legit, 97 mile an hour, and then he drops you down to 85 with his slider, 41% whiff rate on that slider. He is struggling a bit. Like, as I said before, adjustments have been made towards him. He had just eight swing, swinging and misses in his last outing. He allowed five runs in each of his last two starts before that. So he hasn't been as good as when he first came up and was fooling people. So people probably a little more tape on Contreras. And then we get to see O'Neill Cruz too, right? So there's a lot of excitement, young excitement in this game. I'm not sure everybody's jumping over to turn on the Pittsburgh-Tampa Bay game. But like you said, when you see a total of six and a half, there's something going on. And this should be a great pitching match. But I'm high on Tampa. Tampa Bay, as we are doing this on Saturday, Tampa Bay came back on the Saturday to take that game two in the series by one run there in the bottom of the ninth. So they're bringing that confidence in. Two one-run wins in the series. Run line, are we looking run line with McClanahan basically not giving up anything and maybe Tampa Bay can get a couple runs late, like you said. Maybe avoid the first five, and this is a a good spot where maybe you go full game run line. Yep, I'm in agreement with you there, and when you do wind up getting up to the juice of a minus two dollars, minus two ten, when it comes to the money line, there are some times where laying two dollars can be very profitable because if you think that this is a game that absolutely is going to land one run and you think that there is north of a two thirds chance that the Tampa Bay Rays wind up winning this game, sure, you can wind up laying it. A lot of times, I don't find that to be the case when it comes to Major League Baseball. I think that chalkier money lines are more left for things like a draft where you think that there's no way humanly possible that a guy winds up falling outside the top five or anything like that. That's just me personally, because baseball is a very random game and you do see a lot of variance. but me personally, I'm going to be taking a look at a run line in this game myself on the Tampa Bay Rays. So I am in lockstep with you and I know that you're doing a great job, Josh, when it comes to being able to follow all things over there at covers, because you do the NFL, you do the NHL, which Stanley Cup final. Fortunately, we're getting a game six there. And I know that you're doing an amazing job taking a look at Major League Baseball. So I know that you've got a lot on your plate. You do a great job following trends of so many different sports. So let the good people at home know what you've all got going on and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. We'll finish up the Stanley Cup stuff. So we got another player prop video coming out with me and a former NHL player for Sunday morning. Don't know this series. That series could go seven games. So we could go back on Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever the seventh game is. Haven't looked at the schedule that far. And you can see me on Twitter and on YouTube, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, me and Derek Carty, one of the very respected 
people in modeling in baseball and DFS could put together a release show where uh, it's really cool to see professional betting systems like this be put into use and see the influence that these guys have. And I mean, we're betting player props and within five, within like five seconds of releasing the show, books are taking it down. So it's pretty cool to see the influence that people, not like myself, but actually fantastic people who have good systems are actually influencing the market. It is awesome, man. You'll always just see a lot of early AM steam when it comes to Major League Baseball. I still remember first month of the season, the Miami Marlins will move like 25 cents on every single one of their games. It is absolutely ridiculous <laughs> to take a look at it. And I mean, hey, if you're looking for an example of steam, it's a little bit of a different sport. But Paulo Boncaro, number one pick in the NBA draft. It goes to show you that sometimes the betting market knows a little bit more than these anti-air quotes here insiders as well and just how smart these guys that wind up betting on these games how smart these guys out here in vegas and elsewhere because it's much more than just vegas now are at being able to set these lines and i know that josh does a great job covering a little bit of everything over there it covers this was his second time on this podcast and was great to be able to get him back on i'll need to do so once again a little bit later on this season because because the guy brings all the goods, and I'm sure when the NFL season comes along, he's going to be doing an excellent job on that front as well. So big thanks to Josh for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time to podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Sunday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from 
crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so, I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Great to be able to get Josh Ingles of covers on the show today. He does absolutely incredible work. Taking a look at the game of baseball, but on top of that, he's doing a nice job taking a look at the NHL when it comes to NFL season. He is going to be firing all cylinders. Covers really does a great job just being able to follow all things sports betting and was great to be able to get him on the show today. So a big thanks to our good friend Josh for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Sunday as we... Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that, as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at unit underscore 81. We're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, and then any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom, so that should keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy on this Sunday. And we always do like that when it comes to a nice Sunday, and it's going to be getting started quite early with the game that I believe is going to be on Peacock at 9.05 a.m. Pacific. Noon if you're out there on the East Coast, 9.51, 9.52. The New York Mets stay at the road. They're going to be facing off against the Miami Marlins as you've got Daniel Castano is going to be going for the Fish and David Peterson. Great name. Going to be going for the Mets as the Mets, they are finding themselves anywhere between a minus 145 to a minus 150 favorite. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Miami, you're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 130 and plus 135. 8.5 is your total. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. And the over, that is anywhere between even and minus 110. And when it comes to the Mets, I was willing to lay up to a minus 129 with them, which means that I needed at least a plus 130 to be able to take a shot here on the Miami Marlins. We have gotten to that plus 130. And with the Miami Marlins, I know that the offense isn't like super supreme or anything like that, but you do have guys that are able to get on base for this team as Garrett Cooper hitting for over a 300 thus far this season. Jazz Shislam 
He's been apparently brewing up a little bit of something with regards to locker romantics, but hitting a 255, 14 home runs, he's been able to do a solid job. You need a little bit more consistency out of some of the more star guys. Miguel Roas is hitting right around a 235. You got AC Sanchez, Ore Soler, Brian De La Cruz, Jacob Sellings, all hitting a 225 or lower side. It's been a little bit of an issue, but for Soler, power certainly has been there with him with a double-digit amount of formers for the Miami Marlins. Bullpen wound up getting used up a lot yesterday as Anthony Baz, Jacob Yacobonis, Richard Blyer, they all wound up coming out of the bullpen, but I'm using up Richard Blyer along with Dylan Floro. And that's really the worst thing in the world as those two guys along Zach Pop, who wound up getting used up yesterday all north of a 450 ERA. This is a Marlins team that currently they're in the bottom 10 in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. Mets have a little bit of a leg up with regards to their bullpen, but it's not like they've been necessarily tearing it up either. South Lugo has had a little bit of a rough year, north of a 3-5 ERA for him. Jason Shreve, Julie Rodriguez, both of these guys have had their ups and their downs with Shreve now posting up north of a 5 ERA. Drew Smith has been solved for the team along with Edwin Diaz, but I do think that we're going to see some runs in this game, but also keep in mind, early game, noon Eastern time, 9.05 a.m. Pacific. So I did wind up shaking my total down to an 8.3, and David Peterson has been able to do a relatively solid job this season for the New York Mets. You take a look at him, and he has been giving up just three home runs in 45 and a third innings. This is very much a pitcher-friendly ballpark for him. Now, walks are an issue. He is giving up 4.4 walks per nine innings, and for Dan Castano, right around three walks per nine innings. He's had a little bit of a small sample size this season, having pitched just 14 innings. I believe that he has seen two total starts and then a couple of long relief appearances. So you have to also take in mind what he wound up doing during the 2021 season as well, where his walks per nine rate, that was a little bit closer to four. But if you took a look at him at the minor league level, you saw that he was able to do a little bit of a better job with regards to the command, not necessarily much of a swing and miss guy, David Peterson. Meanwhile, right around eight and a half bunch outs per nine innings. And this is a Marlins team that they're going to have a little bit of a tough time against a Mets bunch that they do a nice job of being a reach base. They're currently number one in the league in terms of batting averages. Pete Alonso, Mark Hanna, Brandon Nimmo, Sterling Marte, all these guys in between about a 275 to 285. Francisco Lindor doesn't have the world's greatest batting average, but he's been able to deliver 50-plus RBI. Wound up having a big game on Friday for the team at Eduardo Escobar. And certainly it had ups and downs, but that said, he's been able to deliver in big moments. He already had a cycle a little bit earlier this season as well. They've been dealing with a couple of injuries with Jeff McNeil currently being out of the fold for the scene, but Luis Golorme hitting above a three iron that does wind up helping, but I do think they get Dan Cassano not necessarily too much of a downgrade from David Peterson, in my opinion, in this spot. I do think that the Marlins being at home in such an early game, that does wind up giving them a little bit more of an edge here, and I do think that the Bats might be a little bit more tired in this game as well, so I did wind up saying my total at 8.3, looking under and with the fish, getting north of plus 130, going to be willing to take a shot there. 9.53, 9.54 is going to be the DK Nation pick as got the LA Dodgers on the road facing off against the Atlanta Braves. Spencer Strider is going to be going for Atlanta, and Tony Gonsolin is going to be on the bump for the Dodgers. With Gonsolin and company, you're finding them in between minus 107 to a minus 120. Meanwhile, with Braves, anywhere between minus 110 and plus 110 is your price, and 8.5 is your total. The over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. Set the Dodgers at a minus 133. Absolutely love the way that Tony Gonsolin has come out and is just absolutely fired this season. Meanwhile, Spencer Strider on the other side for the Atlanta Braves. This is a kid that is going to be very, very good. I like Spencer Strider, young 23-year-old. What I don't like about Spencer Strider, the walks. He gives up right around 4.2 walks per nine innings. Now, the strikeouts per nine stuff, 
he is right around 13 and a half to 14. So he's able to get swings and misses. No offense or buts about it, but he also did wind up getting lit up in his last start against the San Francisco Giants. ERA got lit up in one of his first starts against the Arizona Diamondbacks. As a starter, he's got an ERA that is north of four right now. And at home, he's been posting up a 484 ERA compared to a 213 on the road, which I find to be a little bit intriguing. And so much of it does wind up coming back to command. Just giving up those four walks per nine innings puts him in a little bit of a tough spot. And that was a little bit of an issue for Tony Gonsolin in the early part of his career and still is a little bit of a worry but now more like three walks per nine innings instead of the four plus they had a few seasons ago gets right around eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings and for Tony Gonsolin he's able to play his way into the Cy Young voting in my opinion if he just keeps this up he has given up two earned runs or fewer in every one of his 13 starts thus far this season for Gonsolin on the road 231 ERA which is much higher than a 081 home ERA but you know what that's still pretty stinking good He's kept the ball in the yard, giving up right around .8-ish home runs per nine innings, and he's backed up by a Dodgers bullpen that still ranks in the top ten in terms of bullpen ERA. It hasn't necessarily been the big guys that have been able to step up for the team, but Yancey Almonte, a sub-2 ERA. Evan Phillips has been very good for the team. Alex Vesia, a sub-3-3 ERA. Now, when it comes to Craig Kimbrell, he's got north of a 4 ERA. Bruce Gradwell has been better recently, but he's had his ups and downs for the Atlanta Braves. They do back up Spencer Strider with a really good bullpen, even with Tyler Badzik on the shelf. A.J. Minter has been able to do an amazing job for the team, posting up a sub-1 ERA. You've got the former Dodger, Kenley Jansen, that is pretty good at being able to blow run lines, but and that said, he, Jackson, Steven, Colin McHugh, all these guys right around at 3.25 to a 3.4 ERA now with Jackson Stevens. He does have a north of 5 ERA over the last 30 days, so things have started to regress for him. And for the LA Dodgers, you do have a little bit of fear that having Buki Betts out of the fold is going to be hurting the team a little bit, but Will Smith has been able to pick it up. He's hitting a 2.60 with a good on base. Double-digit amount of homers for he and Trey Turner. Trey Turner, along with the former Brave in Freddie Freeman, both hitting above a 300. You've had Chris Taylor hitting right around 250. Answer Alberto is able to find a way on base. He got a start yesterday. Now, guys like Cody Bellinger, Max Muncy, Justin Turner, they do need to step it up. And for the Atlanta Braves, I do expect a little bit of regression for Orlando Arcia and Mike Harris, the second. Both of these guys hitting well above a 300. I do think that these guys are relatively solid. I think that they're playing above their skis a little bit here. Now, Danzy Swanson has been incredible. He, Medelson, drives Sarano, Marcel Ozuna, along with William Contreras, all between 10 and 13 home runs thus far this season with Austin Riley, Madelson, along Travis Sarano. All these guys are in between about a 252-265. All these guys get on base, which is good, but I do think that Gonsolin going to be able to match up very well in this spot. Gonsolin is a guy that I'm very high on. I do think that the walks are going to wind up getting to Spencer Strider. This is a primetime game, so I know that there's a little bit of a theory about the balls being juiced up in this spot, but I do think that both of these guys come out, they wind up lending a relatively solid start. I just like Gonsolin being able to lend a little bit more length, which is why I do think that the Dodgers are going to be able to get it done. The DK Nation pick is going to be on the Dodgers on the money line. I'm going to lay up to a minus 133 with them. Also, they wind up saying my total at 88.3, so on the NF, looking at an under as well as we go to 955-956 on the betting board. You've got yourself the Chicago Cubs. They're going to be on the road facing off against the St. Louis Cardinals as Captain Jack Flaherty is going to be on the bump for St. Louis. And with the Chicago Cubs, it is going to be Alec Mills. And the Cubs are finding themselves an underdog between plus 150 and plus 165. Meanwhile, you're finding the Cardinals between minus 175 and minus 180. 8.5 is your total. The over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. And the under is anywhere between even minus 105 and 
with the St. Louis Cardinals. I set them north of a $2 favorite, minus 225 to be as a matter of fact, because with the Chicago Cubs, take a look at this bullpen over the last 30 days. They've got an ERA that's hovering right around a 650, and you're relying upon someone in Alec Mills who I recognize that he wound up having that no-hitter a few years ago against the Milwaukee Brewers, but he has been really bad coming in in the long relief this season. He has actually been a little bit better throughout his career as a starter, but hard for me to be able to place a lot of faith in a guy with 14 and two-thirds innings and an 859 ERA this season. He has never been much of a swing and miss guy. You can go back to the 2021 season. It's not like he was really reigning it in there with a 507 ERA. Wound up having a 6-7 and seven record. Was actually a very, very slight tick better on the road than at home with regards to his ERA. That's because it was a 507 at home, 506 on the road. And last season, he wound up giving up right around about 1.4 to 1.5 home runs per nine innings. I think that we can expect a lot of the same this season. Opponents are at 339 off of them this season. And has to go up against the same Louis Cardinals lineup that has been absolutely ripping the cover off the ball as Paul Goldschmidt. He has been incredible for this team, hitting nearly a 340, 17 home runs, 61 RBI. And then, best set, you've got Tommy Edmond, Nolan Arenado, Juan Yepes, all in between a 274 to a 284. Arenado, double digit amount of homers for this team. Nolan Gorman has been able to find a way on base. He, Harrison Bader, in between a 255 to a 265. And for Harrison Bader and Tommy Edmond, 15 plus total bases for both of these guys. And with the Chicago Cubs, I mean, it's a team that they actually do find a way to be able to get on base. As you've got Rafael Ortega, Wilson Contreras, Ian App, all giving you north of a 360 on base. They've had C.A. Suzuki out for quite a while, but you've been able to find something now in Nelson Vasquez, the young outfielder, in his first few days up there at the big league level. He's been able to do a nice job for the team. Patrick Wisdom, double-digit amount of formers, along with Contreras, but with Patrick Wisdom, he also has been on pace to strike out over 200 times this season, and just with this Cubs bullpen, I go back to it, and there's just no trusting in it whatsoever, because all these guys like Michael Givens, Rowan Wicks, Scott Efres, after good starts of the year, they have completely regressed. The St. Louis Cardinals, they wind up having to use up Ryan Elsley and Giovanni Gallegos yesterday, but Genesis Cabrera is someone that's very capable of being able to give you multiple innings, and you're probably going to need to get quite a few innings out of the bullpen with the way that Captain Jack Flaherty has come back, and as I look like the Captain Jack of old, he has made two starts thus far this season. He has won a grand total of six innings, giving up five earned runs, six total runs in those starts, so he is really looking to get back a little bit slowly. I expect him to go... For maybe, and I mean maybe five innings. It's, this is not the Jack Flaherty that you've come to know and love, but you do have even someone like a Packy Naughton who's able to come and give you multiple innings. Zach Thompson is someone that I like as a little bit of a young guy, so the Cardinals should be able to find some length in some of their longer relief guys. And with the Chicago Cubs bullpen, I do think that they're going to be ripped apart. I do think that the Cubs are going to be able to put up a few runs themselves, but I do think that the Cardinals should be able to win this game comfortably in a game that's going to be featuring a lot of scoring right now. We're seeing that Cardinals run line any between even money and plus 110. I was willing to lay a price on that Cardinals run line, so this is going to be a spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at the St. Louis Cardinals on the run line, laying run and half. I was willing to lay up to a minus 120 there, and I set my total north of nine, so looking at the over to go along with that run line as we go to 957, 958 on the bang board. The Cincinnati Reds, yes, we are on to Cincinnati. They're under the road face off against the San Francisco Giants as Anthony DiSclefani is going to be going 
for the Giants of Tyler Molly. He's on the bump for the Red Legs. The Reds are finding themselves as a sizable underdog anywhere between plus 135 and a plus 150. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at San Francisco, it's anywhere between minus 145 and minus 165. 7.5 to 8 is your trouble on the 8. The over and under both have minus 110. The 7.5 over is minus 120. The under is even with the Reds. I set them closer to a plus 195 underdog. And if you're taking a look at the run line of San Francisco, you're able to find that at a plus 135. This is a circumstance in which being able to get the San Francisco Giants at that big of a run line, I'm going to be willing to take the plus price that I'm getting there because I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a higher scoring game. Anthony Scalfani is going to be making his second start in, well, what has been about two plus months as he wanted to make it a couple starts in April, was then on the shelf for quite a while, and he is going to be facing off against the Reds bunch that they have seen quite a bit of a drop-off when it comes to their offensive production on the road versus at home as the Cincinnati Reds are hitting nearly 40 points lower when they are on the road and seeing more than two runs per game of a dip as well. But you still do have someone in Brandon Drury who's been able to do a nice job for this team. He's got 14 home runs. He's hitting at 270. And for Joey Votto, ever since he wound up coming off of the COVID IL, he's been able to do a great job getting on base right around about a 365 on base. Has been sort of flailing the last few games, but still has been much better than what we wound up seeing at the beginning part of the season. Albert Tamora Jr., Kyle Farmer both hitting above a 275, but for the San Francisco Giants, this is just a team that they do a supreme job with their platoon splits as you got Jack Peterson. Right now is the only guy in this team with a double-digit amount of formers, but he, Austin Slater, Thario Estrada, awesome wins, all in between about a 255 to 270. Throwing there, Tommy Blasella, who is back in the fold for the team. Evan Lagoria, he's got right around 325 on base. He wanted to be getting the season on the shelf. Mike Yastrzemski, 350 on base. So it's a San Francisco Giants team that they do a good job of being able to move the line now with the Giants. What you don't have from Lions here is as good of a bullpen. I think that they are experiencing a little bit of a dip there because they don't have Buster Posey in the fold anymore. But still, I do think that they're going to be able to pick it up a little bit more. Camilio Duvall along Jarlin Garcia. Both have sub 325 ERAs. Dominique Leon has been good for this team. If you need length, Sammy Long. He's able to give you multiple innings, sub 2 ERA out of him. It's been guys like Jake McGee, Mauricio Lovera, and company that have been having a little bit of a tough time. And they're facing off against a red team that they're dead last in terms of bullpen ERA with Alexis Diaz currently on the injured list. There's really not a trustworthy guy in this bullpen. Ross Detweiler with right around his 3 ERA might actually be your most trustworthy guy is Tony Bonetta and company. I mean, he's got an ADRA. Hunter Strickland's been bad. Art Warren has been terrible. Revier St. Martin as north of a 10 ERA, so that's not necessarily too terrific for Tyler Marley. What I will say is that he's always been a little bit better when he's been on the road rather than at home. You take a look at what he's been able to do just throughout the entirety of his career, and it's been very stark. Last season, he wound up posting up an ERA that was right around a 230 on the road. Meanwhile, his home ERA was darn near a 5. Thus far the season, 378 road ERA, 513 home ERA. The big reason why is the deep ball. He winds up giving up nearly a full home run per nine innings fewer when he's on the road rather than when he's at home. It's been absolutely insane to take a look at like thus far this season. Opponents are a puck 94 off of him on the road, 276 when he is at home, and the command has actually been a little bit better. He's able to give you right around 10 punch outs per nine innings, but being backed up by that bullpen and the way that the San Francisco Giants are going to be able to maneuver their lineup, I do think that it is going to be an issue for the Cincinnati Reds in this spot. So for that reason, we're going to be taking a look at the San Francisco Giants on the run line. I'm willing to lay the run in half and take that plus 
plus price because I do think that this is going to be a higher scoring game. I do think that the Reds are going to be able to get their offense going a little bit more on the road, but I do think that the Giants, a team that averages over five runs per game at home, they're going to be able to get theirs as well. Semi-total at 8.7, looking over and looking Giants, run line 959-960 on the betting board. The Slam Diego Padres are going to be playing us to the Philadelphia Phillies. This Kyle Gibson is going to be on the bump for the Phillies, and you, Darvish, is on the bump for the Padres. Padres between a minus 132 and a minus 145 favorite. Meanwhile, with the Phillies, is between plus 115 and plus 130. 7.5 to 8 is your total on the 7.5. Over is minus 120. The under is even on the 8. Over and under are both at minus 110. I did wind up saying my total. And it's 7.3, so I'm going to be taking a look at an under. And with you, Darvish, ever since he wound up getting to San Diego, his home ERA has been nearly 2.25 points lower at home than it has been on the road. He's got a sub-3 ERA at home. He's got north of a 5 ERA on the road, so that is pretty demonstrative. And for Mr. Kyle Gibson, you take a look at him the last two seasons, and he's had very big home and road splits himself. Thus far this season, 328 home ERA, 540 ERA on the road. A lot of it has come back to command as he just hasn't been able to do a good job of locating on the road thus far this season. He's got 20 walks over the course of 77 and two-thirds innings overall, which is not bad, but on the road, he's been giving up more in the neighborhood, about 3.6 walks per nine innings. And with both of these teams, bullpens are a little bit shaky. The Philadelphia Phillies, they've got out there Brad and Corey Knable who have been able to do a solid job. And I will say, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Connor Brogdon, both of these guys have stepped up to the plate. Both of these guys have a sub-2 ERA, but that said, it looks like Connor Brogdon is currently dealing with COVID-19. So that winds up taking a little bit of the wind out of the sails of the Philadelphia Phillies team. And for the Phillies, you know that this is an offense that is going to be able to mash. As going into Saturday, Kyle Schwarber, 20 home runs as far as the season. Batting average just a 215, but north of a 325 on base. Reese Hoskins, Nick Cassianos, JT Ryumuto, along with Alec Bohm. You're able to even throw in there someone like a Matt Veerling. And I believe Yoam Camargo going to be able to fit in this fold as well. Guys hitting between about a 235 to a 255. Hoskins has been hitting nearly a 300 over the last three days. Bryce Harper, 320 batting average, 15 home runs. He just is able to do a tremendous job in general. Didi Gregorius is able to get on base. But for the Padres, even without Manny Machado, it's been an offense that has been able to find a way recently. Now, they wound up having that 1-0 win on Friday, but even in that series against the Arizona Diamondbacks, the bats were able to wake up. You don't have anyone really with a double-digit amount of homers as far this season, but Jerickson Profar has been picking it up a little bit as he, Jay Cronenworth, you're able to throw in there Jose Azucar, hitting between about a 245 to a 265, and then you've got Eric Cosmer, Ori Alfaro, Nomazar, all hitting above a 275 for this bunch as well. Hossam Kim, all of a sudden, has been able to find it. He has come over from the KBO in recent years, had really been a little bit of a rooney for the scene, but over the last three weeks, he's been hitting in the neighborhood about a 300, so that has been encouraging to be able to find him. For the San Diego Padres, I do trust in their bullpen a bit more than that of the Philadelphia Phillies. As Taylor Rogers has been able to give you 20 plus saves, spent a little bit up and down this season, but he seems to be finding it as he and Lewis Garcia both have just barely sub three ERAs. Craig Salmon has been able to pitch a little bit better recently. Nabel Kersman, he's a very underrated bullpen piece that has a sub 150 ERA, is able to give you multiple innings. So I love the way that he's been able to perform for this team as well. And I do think that the home and road splits for both of these starters, I think, is going to be playing a big role in this one. Tabon, I'm saying my total at a 7.3. Padres have been playing some lower scoring games at home as it is a very pitcher friendly ballpark. So I'm going to be taking a look at the under with the Padres. So we'll lay up to more like a minus 155 with them. So going to be taking a shot here on the Padres money line. And I'm going to be taking a look at an under as we go to 961-962 on the betting board. The Houston Astros are going to be in the road face off against the New York Yankees. Nestor Cortez is going to be going for the Yankees and Jose Arikidi is on the bump for Houston. Houston.
Houston. You have a problem with regards to those prices. It's between plus 140 and plus 147 on them. Meanwhile, for Nasty Nestor, it's anywhere between minus 154 and minus 165, 8.5 is your total. The over and the under, anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. And with the Yankees, set them at a minus 168. I'm willing to take a nibble here. And if you're looking at the run line of the Yankees, Find that anywhere between about a plus 125 to a plus 135 with the Yankees. I needed at least a plus 120 run line. I would rather take a rather chalky money line here just because this is an Astros bullpen that they're number one in the league in terms of bullpen ERA. I typically don't wind up taking this chalky of a money line, but I do think that if you think that there's a good chance that this game is going to be landing on one run, it could be a little bit more advantageous to do so in this spot because you do have an Astros bullpen with Rafael Montero posting up a sub-2 ERA. Ryan Sanic has been amazing for the team. Now Ryan Presley had a hot mess of a outing on Thursday, but by and large has been very good for this team along with so many others. And this is a Yankees bunch that they certainly are able to match. And I do think that they are going to be able to bust out Aaron Judge. 27 home runs this far this season. Anthony Rizzo, he is currently on 19 himself. And you've got so many guys that are able to do a solid job of being able to get on base. I know that many Yankee fans are not necessarily too fond of Aaron Hicks. But the guy has right around like a 340 on base. So he does a good job of being able to move the line. John Carlos Stanton along Flavor Torres. Both of these guys have been able to provide some good power numbers to combine 29 home runs. Both of these guys combined it between about a 240 to a 255. Matt Carpenter, when he's been given at best, he's been solid as he, Isaiah Kinnair, Falefa, DJ Turner, Duplamayu, in between about a 255 to a 265. Jose Trevino has been amazing for the team as well. And the Yankees have a top four bullpen ERA of their own as Ron Metanacchio has been able to give you a sub 275 ERA. Clay Holmes has been one of the best relievers in baseball with a sub 1 ERA. Wandy Peralta has had a little bit of a rough go of it recently, but he's been solid even with Chad Green or Aldis Chavin on the injured list and Green done for the year. These guys have been able to do a solid job. And Fernando Cortez was talking about it with Josh. He does feel like he's a candidate to be a little bit of a feast or famine guy moving forward just because he does wind up relying a lot on deception. And that bears itself out in this last four starts. Zero runs in seven innings against the Angels. One run in five and a third innings against the Rays. But in the follow-up against the Rays, gives up four runs in that start. Gave up four runs against the Minnesota Twins. But I do think that he's going to be able to do a solid job against an Astros lineup that they do a good job of not striking out very much. That is big because Cortez, he's getting right around nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings. But also with Cortez, his walks per nine rate hovers right around two. He's still only giving up right in the neighborhood about 1.1, 1.2 home runs per nine innings. And you take a look at the way that Nestor Cortez has been at home. Nearly half the ERA that it is on the road. 303 road ERA. Buck 53 home ERA. Now, when you've got a guy in Jordan Alvarez who's got 22 home runs hitting for nearly a 300 north of a four-arm base. That helps you out Jose Altuve. Double-digit amount of bombs. He's hitting a 275 as well. Alex Bregman had a home run a little bit earlier in the series, so he's only hitting a 230. He's got a 350 on base himself. And Kyle Tucker, he's been able to do a nice job as well. 260 batting average, 14 home runs, but what has you a little bit concerned as well is the Astros bottom part of the lineup as Yoli Gurriel, Alamendi's Diaz, you're able to throw in there the entirety of the catching position. Jose Siri. These guys have been hitting a 220 or lower. I do think that the Yankees are a little bit deeper with their lineup. I do think that they're going to be able to bounce back after back-to-back losses. So I'm going to lay up to a minus 168 here with the New York Yankees. And with Jose Arakidi, he's been able to be a relatively pitch-to-contact guy. He's someone that has been with regards to strikeouts per nine innings. Getting right around seven-ish. His swing himself is a little bit better at home. He's giving up in the neighborhood about 1.7 walks per nine innings. But he's someone that 
could be taken deep. He's given up right around 1.7 home runs per nine innings, and just throughout the entirety of the career of Jose Arikidi, he's always been a little bit more comfortable in Houston than he has been on the road. That bears itself out this season as his road ERA is a 628-251 ERA at home. I do think that he's going to be a little bit better on the road. I do think that with both of these bullpens, they are going to be able to keep it under. I did wind up setting my total at 8.2, but going to be willing to lay it with the Yankees to go along with this total under. As we go to 963-964 on the betting board, the Boston Red Sox hit the road faceoff against the Cleveland Guardians as Aaron Savali is going to be going for the Guardians and Rich Hill is going to be on the bump for Boston. Boston is finding themselves a slight favorite between minus 107 to a minus 115. Meanwhile, with Cleveland, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 102 and minus 110 with 9 being your total over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even and minus 110. And with the Cleveland Guardians, I did wind up saying them we're on a plus 125 underdog. There's just no trusting in Aaron Savali on a pick and price to me, even though Rich Hill is the oldest active starting pitcher out there in the big leagues. It is a case in which I have got a little bit more faith in the lineup that is behind them as you've got J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogarts throwing their Rafael Devers, all hitting at least a 320 for the team. Jaron Duran has come up. He's hitting north of a 275 as well. And for Devers going into Saturday, 17 home runs thus far this season. And I mean, for Aaron Savali, his fielding independent is nearly two points lower than his ERA, but the guy is giving up right around 1.8-ish home runs per nine innings. He did not deserve the record that he wanted getting last season as he's currently 2-3 and three this season with a 725 ERA. Honestly, that should be worse as he went 12-5, 384 ERA last season despite the fact that he was giving up just under two home runs per nine innings. So he's paying for those sins and he has been better at home. 394 home ERA compared to a 990 ERA on the road. But I mean, that said, he's never necessarily been too much of a swing and miss guy. 37 strikeouts and 36 innings is nice, but I do think that that is going to be going down a little bit because opponents... They're hitting right around 290 off of them now with Cleveland Guardians. This team has been able to do an amazing job of being able to get on bases. Jose Ramirez, he has been incredible hitting a 316 home runs north of 60 RBI, but it's not just Jose Ramirez who's been able to step up for this team as you've got Steven Kwan, Richie Palaceros, Josh Naylor, Amit Rosario, all in between about a 275 to 290. And then past that, Owen Miller's been able to hit right around a 255. Miles Straw, he's been able to give you stolen bases. He's not necessarily been too terrific this season, but you also do have a Cleveland Guardians team that has a solid bullpen. Emmanuel Classe has been one of the most nasty relievers out there in the big leagues. You've had Brian Shaw not necessarily do a great job, but Sam Antich's Eli Morgan, both of these guys do have a sub-2 ERA, and Yaldir Los Santos has been able to post up a sub-3 ERA. And for the Boston Red Sox, Ansel Robles has had a little bit of a tough time with it. Tyler Danish, he certainly has had a little bit of a dip in production as well, but you have been able to have Tanner Hoke do a nice job towards the back half of games. And for Richo, He's been a little bit all over the place this season at his advanced age. Swinging his stuff, it has went down as he's getting more like seven half strikeouts per nine innings, but the command has been there. Only two walks per nine innings and on the road, 267 ERA compared to a 649 at home because he is a little bit more of a pitcher contact guy, so he is going to get a couple more fly balls. And the Cleveland Guardians, they're only getting right around .65 home runs at home this season. That's one of the lowest marks out there in the big league, so I actually think that that plays out very well for him. I did wind up saying my total and a 9.3. I think that Hill could to give up some contact to the Guardians, and I certainly do think that Savali is going to get shelled a little bit by the Red Sox, so looking over and looking Red Sox. 965, 966 on the betting board. You've got the Oakland A's 
Hitting the road, face off against the Kansas City Royals as Brady Singer is hoping to not sing the blues for the Royals. And James Caprillion is going to be on the bump for Oakland. Oakland in underdog. And we're between plus 140 and plus 152. Meanwhile, if you're looking at Kansas City, say we're between minus 155 and minus 165. 8.5 is your total. The over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 110. Meanwhile, the under that is between minus 105 and minus 110. And when it comes to Kansas City Royals, I did wind up saying them minus 164 in this situation. If you're looking at the run line, find that pretty much at a plus 125 across the board. And when it comes to the run line in this circumstance, I did wind up setting the Kansas City Royals. More on a plus 113, so anything north of a plus 115, I was willing to take a shot here. And with the Oakland A's, it has been ghastly bad for them. They have went 4-18 and in their last 22 games, and I am willing to take this plus 125 run line because it's an Oakland A's bullpen that they've been in the bottom five of the big leagues over the last, we're going to call it, 45 days, posting up an over 5-5 ERA in that time span as for Oakland, Danny Jimenez, who won beginning the year very solid, he has seen his ERA really balloon, and now he's actually on the injured list, and it's going to be unavailable for this game. Sam Ball, AJ Puck, both of these guys have sub-250 ERAs, but it's been a case in which Kirby Sneed has posted up north of a 7 ERA. Things have really been regressing for someone like a Domingo Acevedo as well. Zach Jackson, he's been a little bit up and down. He's got right around about a 4 ERA, but you can't have a lot of faith in their bullpen. And then for the Kansas City Royals, you've got someone in Josh Jamon who's been able to find it a little bit more recently. Scott Barlow has a sub-2 ERA, but the Royals and the A's both really did have to go through their bullpen towards the back half of the game yesterday. And for the good news for the Royals is that they did wind up having thrown their Amir Garrett yesterday. With how bad he's been, that's actually a big advantage for this team. So you can maybe get someone a little bit more trustworthy. And for this Kansas City Royals team, you do have Andrew Benatendi. He's been able to hit a 300 for this team. Ed Olivares, he has come back. And you wound up having a pair of home runs in game number one of this series. I don't think that that's sustainable. But Michael A. Taylor sitting at 275. Cam Gallagher at the catcher spot is starting to be able to give you a little bit of something multi-game yesterday with Merrifield has had a lost season as he, MJ Melendez, Carlos Santana, all hitting a 232 or lower for this bunch. But for the Oakland A's, among guys that wound up getting it at bat yesterday, nobody's hitting above 240 for this team. That is just so terrible. Ramon Laureano, he's got a 330-ish on base. He's like the only player that saw it at bat yesterday with north of a 313 on base. I mean, it's just one of these cases in which you've got all these guys like Sheldon Noisy, Elvis Andrews, Seth Brown, Sean Murphy hitting between a 220 to a 230. You don't have a single guy that's been able to give you a double-digit amount of former Salvador Perez. is the lone guy for the Royals, and he has been a little bit banged up, so that is a little bit of an issue in this spot as well. But you do take a look at James Caprillion, and he has certainly had his issues all season long, posting up a 598 ERA. He has been very prone to giving up the deep ball with right around 2.1 home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine rate is four. His strikeouts per nine rate, that is sub-7. And for Brady Singer, he has been up and down himself, giving up right around 1.6 home runs per nine innings, but Blingham himself is there, getting nearly nine strikeouts per nine innings. Now, it's been a little bit of a rocky road for him recently, but three runs are fewer, given up in four out of his last five starts. Do wind up allowing three runs in his last start against the Oakland A's, but I do think that the second time around, he is going to be able to do a little bit of a better job in this circumstance, and he's proven against good competition that he is able to pitch relatively well. He was sent out to the minor leagues a little bit earlier this season, and as a matter of fact, it's actually been a tad bit worse. I don't that on the road, 467 home ERA, 386 road ERA, but I do think that seeing the Oakland A's the second time, he is going to be able to execute, and I do think that this is going to be a circumstance in which the Royals should be able to bust out with their bats a little bit. I just don't have faith in the Oakland A's being able to do their part and get past like three runs in this spot. So I did wind up saying my total at 7.9. I'm looking under. And when it comes to Kansas City Royals, 
I'm willing to lay up to a minus 164 on the money line, but getting a plus 125 run line, that appeals to me a little bit more. As we go to 967, 968 on the betting board, the Baltimore Orioles, they are going to be on the road. They're going to be facing off against the Chicago White Sox. As Dylan Cease and Decease is going to be going for the White Sox, and Jordan Lyles, he is going to be on the bump for the Orioles. And the Orioles, they are finding themselves an underdog as you're going to be getting them. And between a plus 175 to a plus 182. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the White Sox, you're going to be finding them in between minus 190 and minus 205. Enough to nine is your total on the eight and a half. The over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 125. The under is anywhere between minus 105 and plus 105. But if you're taking a look at the nine, the under is minus 120, and the over is even with the White Sox. I did wind up making them minus 186 on the money line. You wind up going to the run line, and right now you're finding them right in that pocket of even money. But with that said, this would be a circumstance in which being able to get north of a plus 182 on this Baltimore Orioles team that does appeal to me a little bit in this circumstance. Because when it comes to Baltimore Orioles, they have been able to do a very solid job in terms of their bullpen. And it's been a case in which Jordan Lyles has been able to give up the deep ball just a little bit less this season. Last year, he wound up giving up 38 home runs. Now, that wound up being a home run per nine rate. That was hovering right around a 1.9 because he was very much an innings eater last season. But you did take a look at Dylan Cease as well. And he's been having a little bit of a tougher time at home than on the road. On the road, Dylan Cease, sub-3 ERA at home. His ERAs went to north of four now. A lot of that has to stem to the fact that you wound up having a pair of rough starts against, I believe, the Yankees and the Red Sox. But still, that has been a case in which Dylan Cease has had his home struggles just a little bit. And it's a Baltimore Orioles lineup that you take a look at it, and they're starting to get a little bit of something going. Yesterday, they wound up taking down the White Sox to be able to ensure themselves a series win. As they have taken each of the first three games in this series, and I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of people banking on, oh, there's no way that the... White Sox wind up getting swept in a four-game series at home against the Baltimore Orioles, but this is an Orioles team that, are they going to be dead last in the American League East this year? Yeah, but that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world because they've got, like, five guys out there in the bullpen. And Nick Vespi, Dylan Tate, CNL Perez, Felix Batista, Ore Lopez, all posting up in the area that is currently 202 or lower. They have been incredible. And for this Baltimore Orioles team, you got Austin Hayes, Trey Bubo Mancini, Ryan Mountcastle, all hitting at least a 275 for this bunch. Cedric Mullins is starting to pick it up. He's hitting a 250. Ore Mateo, the batting average is not there, but he's one of the best stolen base leaders in the big leagues right now. You need a little bit more out of guys like Robin Suturino, Tyler Nevin, even someone like Runet Odor. But certainly for the Baltimore Orioles, the top half of the lineup as we do their part. And for the Chicago White Sox, they've been all over the place with their lineup. As you notice in the back half of their series against the Toronto Blue Jays, guys like Daniel Mendek wound up getting injured, so they are a little bit depleted there. They were without Tim Anderson yesterday. You do have Andrew Vaughn hitting a 320 for the team, and Luis Robert is hitting a 300, but you really don't have a single guy that's been able to give you more than 10 home runs this season. Jose Abreu, A.J. Pollock, these guys have been able to hit 300 plus over the last 30 days, but you still have Lori Garcia, Reese McGuire at the bottom of the fold. We haven't necessarily been able to do a lot for the team. Gavin Sheets wound up having to get a start yesterday. He's got a 215 ERA. And for the Baltimore Orioles, top six bullpen in terms of ERA. Chicago White Sox, bottom 10 bullpen in terms of ERA. Dealing with that injury to Liam Hendricks has really hurt them. They haven't had Greer Crochet all season long. It's been really bad for Matt Foster, north of a 5 ERA. Joe Kelly has right around a 9 ERA. Ronaldo Lopez has all of a sudden become one of your more trustworthy bullpen pieces along with Kendall Grayman. So you're looking at a bad circumstance here. Now, Dylan Cease, if you're someone that had been playing Seika props. He has been very good for you as he's getting over 11 strikeouts per 9 innings, but the walks are an issue. Right around 4.5 walks per 9 innings. Meanwhile, Jordan Lyles on the flip side, he gives you more like 3 walks per 9 innings, and with Lyles more like 
1.2 home runs for nine innings surrender this season. Now, Jordan Lyles has had his issues when he has wanted to pitting the road as well as this is a gentleman that has a 670 road area compared to a 292 home area. But if you're giving me north of plus 180 here on the Baltimore Orioles, I'm going to be willing to take it, even though I was willing to take pretty much anything of even money or better with regards to the White Sox run line. But pretty much things being equal with regards to the money line of the Orioles and the White Sox run line, I would rather have that Baltimore Orioles plus price in this spot. And I did wind up saying my total a little bit lower in this spot. I did wind up saying it at an 8.1 with all the ailments that the White Sox have been going through. So going to be taking a look at the Orioles at a plus 181 or greater. And I'm going to be taking a look at this total under semi-total at an 8.1. 969, 970 on the betting board. The LA Angels. They're going to be playing OC Seattle Mariners. One Marco Gonzalez is going to be going for the Seattle Mariners. And it looked like for the Angels, we were going to be getting Noah Thor Syndergaard. Right now, it is good old TV determined. So this is a game that is currently off the board. If we do wind up getting Noah Thor Syndergaard, I'd be willing to set the Angels here as a minus-172 favorite. But with that said, we are just completely a jury's-out situation here as the Angels have been doing a lot in terms of mixing and matching. With regards to their starters, I'd be willing to set Thor at a minus-172. I'm not going to dive too much further into him, though, because I do think that this is a circumstance in which we are probably going to be seeing maybe a little bit more of a bullpen game. And if we do wind up seeing someone like a Jonathan Diaz, who has made a few stars... Jose Suarez is someone that could be a candidate to be able to get a start here for the Angels. I'd be setting the Angels more in that neighborhood about a minus 130-ish, give or take a little bit, because Marco Gonzalez, he is very prone to be giving up the deep ball. He has been giving up right around 1.5 home runs per nine innings. The walks per nine rate has been up this year as well, right around 3.1 to 3.2 walks per nine. He has never been a swinging this guy. He's getting five strikeouts per nine innings, but despite the fact that he's giving up the deep ball, despite the fact that he's giving up the walks, a 333 ERA. Now, he is doing for some massive regression, and I mean, man, I don't know how he has a 338 ERA right now, but I mean, with that said, he's actually been pretty much the same on the road as he has been at home. 334 road ERA, 332 on the ERA, and then you take a look at the Seattle Mariners lineup, and they have a deal with the injury to Ty France. That does wind up downgrading them a little bit in this spot as well. He did not wind up returning yesterday, so you're able to rest assured there as you take a look at the bottom five hitters that want to be out there in the starting lineup for the Seattle Mariners on Saturday. As a matter of fact, the bottom six hitters all hitting a 228 or lower with Jesse Winker. He's been starting to pick it up a little bit, but he's still hitting right around 225 and Eugenio Suarez closer to a 230, though. He's been able to get on base, giving this team 13 home runs. J.P. Crawford and Julio Rodriguez are both hitting a 270, but Crawford has been in a very recent funk for the team as well. You see, has just not been able to pick his own nose the last few weeks. And then for the LA Angels, it's been a team that's been dealing with a whole bunch of injuries. They wind up canning Joe Madden. This is just a not good situation in general. Now, you've got Shoei Otani along Jared Walsh, a pair of guys in between about a 255 to 260. These two guys have been able to combine for 28 home runs as far this season. Trout, he has been able to go deep 22 times. Mike Trout has been just incredible at being able to get on base as well. And Brandon Marsh, to his credit, he's been regressing a little bit, but he's been able to give this team a little bit more consistency. Taylor Ward, he's back in full inning above a 300 double-digit amount of formers, but guys like a Tyler Wade, Luis Renifo, Jack Mayfield, Kurt Suzuki, when they've been out there, they've not been able to do a good job in for this Angels bullpen. It has been a hot mess. you got to figure that you're going to be relying upon these guys quite a bit. If it is someone like Jonathan Diaz, along with Jose Suarez, who's going to be out there in the fold as 
Andrew Wants has been one of your better relievers along with Jose Quijada. And Quijada, I don't even think, is going to be able to pitch in this game. If he does, he's going to be able to give you at most one inning. So that's been a little bit of an issue for this team as you've got Aaron Loop, Ryan Tapera, Rocio Iglesias all posting up at least a four ERA. And for the Seattle Mariners, their bullpen is getting a little bit healthier. Eric Swanson with a sub two ERA missed much of the season. He's back. Paul Seawald has been able to provide you a sub three ERA. Penn Murphy has been able to do a good job now. Guys like Drew Seconrider, Diego Castillo that were so good for the team last season. They have begun regressing it. Hey, if you do wind up getting North Thor Syndergaard, I'm willing to set the Angels right around a minus 170 in this spot. And in that case, I'd be setting a total to where an 8.5 or less, I'd be looking at an over, a 9 or higher to the under. If it winds up being someone like a, we're going to throw out there, Jose Suarez and company, it would probably be more like a 9 over and a 9.5 or higher to the under. And I'd be setting the Angels Closer to right around a minus 130, but that's one is up in the air. So just want to give my thoughts there. 971, 972 on the betting board. The Tampa Bay Rays, they're going to be playing us to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Ronsi Contreras is going to be on the bump for Pittsburgh. And you've got Shane McClanahan on the bump for the Rays. The Rays are finding themselves one of the biggest favorites on the board. Anywhere between minus $2 and minus $210. Meanwhile, between plus 180 and plus 186 is your price on Pittsburgh. Six and a half is your total over and under. Anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. And I did want to say my total is 6.8. I don't think that this total is too far off, but you are really rolling the dice on a 6.5 total, even with someone as incredible as Shane McClanahan. And we were talking about this with Josh a little bit earlier. He's got a sub-2 ERA, and you take a look at a lot of the advanced metrics, and he could be having an even better season. That's just absolutely insane as how good he's been this season. 7-3 record, buck 81 ERA. He's given up a right around 1.2 home runs per 9 innings. His walks per 9 rate is about a 1.8. His strikeouts per 9, a little bit above 12. And Ronzi Contreras has been able to do a solid job as well. Strikeouts per 9 rate, a little bit north of 9. He has given up the deep ball a little bit. 5 home runs in 37 and a third innings. But Ronzi Contreras has been very solid for this Pittsburgh Pirates team as well. Now, the one thing that you caution yourself with, with Contreras, 0-48 home area. 530 ERA on the road with opponents saying 120 higher off of them on the road rather than at home. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, it's not like this is a supreme lineup that is going to be trotted out there, but they've been a little bit better recently. Jack Swazinski was able to get three home runs on Father's Day. You've got Brian Reynolds. He's up to 12 home runs over the last 30 days. He's been able to get above a 300 for the seam. Cabrian Hayes has been able to get on base hitting at 265 as well, but you still have some of these dead bats out there. Swazinski, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, Daniel Vogelback, Hoy Park, Cal Mitchell, all these guys. You get 215 or lower on them for the Tampa Bay Rays. Just went a little bit of power outage for the scene, but Isaac Paredes in the last three games that he's played, and he's been able to deliver five home runs, so that winds up helping out a little bit. Andy Diaz, G-Man Choi, both of these guys are registering north of a 375 on base. Randy Rosarena has been a little bit up and down. He's hitting a 260 for the team. Wander Franco's injury has hurt them a little bit. And you do have guys like Taylor Walls, Brett Phillips, throwing their Vidal de Brujan, Mike Zanino, hitting a 200 or lower for this Rays bunch. So that's been a little bit of an issue. But the Rays have a big upper hand when it comes to the bullpen. Jason Adam, a sub buck 50 ERA. Jalen Beeks has a sub 2 ERA. Ralph Garza Jr. as a long guy. He's been able give you right around about a 3-5-ish ERA count. Pooch Brooks Raley. Both of these guys give you a sub-3 ERA. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, they did have to go to David Benar yesterday. He has really been the best bullpen piece for this team. Chase Young is also able to give you some good long innings, but he threw 30 pitches yesterday as well. So this is a Pirates team that we were talking about this with Josh. You've got your A bullpen and their B bullpen. 
You've got a B bullpen here with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Pirates seem that they're relatively league average when it comes to bullpen ERA. Guys like Keith Embry and company are guys that you don't want to be involved with, and you're going to be getting a lot of them in this spot, which is why I do lean to the Tampa Bay Rays on the run line. It's why I also did wind up mentioning that if you're looking to bet this game from a first five perspective, perhaps looking at the Pittsburgh Pirates, like getting a half a run, being able to win if it winds up being a push, something like that, that is something that I think is massive in this situation. Probably not taking the Pirates to win outright for the first five, but being able to get, like I said, that half a run, I do think would be very beneficial. But if you're looking at the race, you're able to get them right around a plus 110 to a plus 115 on the run line. I do think that they're going to be able to knife into this bullpen late. So six and a half is one that I'm willing to take over. As I said, my total is 6.8. And with the Tampa Bay race, made them right around a minus 245 on the money line with regards to the run line. Was willing to lay a price of north of minus 120. So I'm looking at the race run line and I'm looking at this total over 973, 974 on the bank board. The Colorado Rockies at the road to face off against the Minnesota Twins as Joe Ryan is going to be going for the Twins and Ryan Feltner is going to be on the bump for Colorado. Colorado has found themselves in between plus 160 and plus 190 underdogs and if you're taking a look at Minnesota, it's anywhere between minus 190 and minus 210. 8.5 is your total over and under anywhere between minus 105 minus 115 and when it comes to the Rockies, set them as a plus 198 underdog if you're taking a look at the run line of the Minnesota Twins. Anywhere between even money and plus 115. So we're seeing a little bit of variance there. But I was willing to lay up to a minus 105 with regards to the Swins run line. We are seeing more home favorites being able to cover these run lines as the summer months are coming along. The weather is getting a little bit warmer. And I do think that Joe Ryan is going to be hot, hot, hot in this game. You did wind up seeing the Colorado Rockies get a shutout their first of the season a little bit earlier in this series. But I don't think that Lightning is going to be striking twice as you do take a look at Mr. Feltner. And he's been able to get some swings and misses thus far this season. Right around 9.5 strikeouts per 9 innings, but he's also prone to the deep eyes. He's giving up 1.8 home runs per 9 innings to Ryan on the flip side. Just a steady Eddie guy. He doesn't necessarily get a bunch of punch outs right around 8.5 strikeouts per 9 innings, but his walks per 9 rate, that's hovering right around 2.7 home runs per 9. It's a 1. He doesn't necessarily do one thing exceptional, but he just goes out there Grinds it out, does his job, actually has a 333 home area compared to a 267 home road area, but still has been able to do a solid job on both fronts. And take a look at this Minnesota Twins lineup, and you've got guys that are able to get on base for you. Carlos Correa is hitting a 300 for this team. Throwing there Kyle Garlick, Max Kepler, Nick Gordon, Gio Rochelle. All these guys hitting between about a 245 to a 260 Byron Buxton. He hasn't necessarily been having the world's greatest batting average this season. That's because he was banged up throughout much of the month of May, but he has been able to give this team a home run every time at bats. He has been incredible with that regard. Wound up having a triple yesterday. And for the Colorado Rockies, it's a team that they have right around 35 to 40 points lower on the road than they do at home. And the big thing for the Colorado Rockies is that their power numbers really do slip. They average right around 0.6 home runs per game when they are on the road, like CJ Crone, for instance. He's got 17 total home runs. Just four of them have wound up coming on the road. Brendan Rodgers, all six of his home runs have wound up coming at home. You wind up having guys like Connor Joe, Crone, who I mentioned earlier. They'll wind up having dips of north of 50 points on their batting average home to road. You have been able to have guys like Randall Gritchick, Jose Iglesias be relatively consistent for the scene, but even with the Colorado Rockies bullpen, they're in the bottom five. In terms of ERA, you got guys like a Justin Lord, Lawrence, Robert Stevenson, that they'll experience like three points higher with regards to ERA when they are on the road rather than at home. That's a big issue for this team as well. Daniel Bard has been able to do a solid job along with Alex Conway, but Tyler Kinley being out of the bullpen, that winds hurting them as well. And for the Minnesota Twins, they've been able to having an injury to Ore Alcala all season long, along with Danny Columbia, but Gerald Cotton 
to be able to give you a sub-250 ERA you want during. Leads the league in terms of 100-plus mile-per-hour pitches from Ilya Pagan. Along with Joe Smith, ever experienced a little bit of regression, but Tyler Thornburg has actually been a halfway decent cog out there in the bullpen. I do think that Joe Ryan going to be able to dominate Ryan Feltner in this spot as well, and I do think that the Minnesota Twins are going to be able to do a good job of being able to make some solid contact. They wind up saying my total at an 8.7 in this spot, especially with the Rockies having their bad bullpen. I'm looking at the 8.5 over, and I'm looking to take the Twins on the road line, 975, 976 on the bang board. The Toronto Blue Jays hit the road face off against the Milwaukee Brewers as Chichi Gonzalez is going to be going for the crew, and Jose Barrios is going to be on the bump for Toronto. Toronto is between a minus 125 and a minus 137 favorite. Milwaukee is between plus 110 and plus 127. 9.5 is your total. The under is any between minus 120 and minus 105. The over that is any between minus 105 and seeing even money as well and seeing as bad as a minus 115. And when it comes to the Brewers, I needed at least a plus 145 to be able to take a shot here. There's just no trusting in Chichi Gonzalez. I do recognize that while he was with the Minnesota Twins a little bit earlier this season, he was able to lead the Twins to a win, but that wasn't necessarily because Chichi Gonzalez wound up having a great start. If you want to go back to it, he went three innings and gave up three runs, including two homers in that start. Overall, he has won 11 innings, giving up nine runs in his three starts this season with three home runs surrendered. Good news is he's only given up one walk, but this guy has not been good. And Jose Barrios, he's not been terrific either. He's always been having an issue with regards to home and road splits of his own 5.11 ERA overall, but 3.18 home ERA, 6.70 ERA on the road, and he's given up 10 out of his 15 home runs on the road this season with only seven more innings on the road rather than at home. Opponents are a 309 off of them on the road. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, it has been a bunch that has just not been able to do a great job of being able to bat to ball. They were able to get to Yusei Kikuchi to be able to get the job done on Saturday. But you do take a look at this Milwaukee Brewers lineup. You had one guy that wound up getting an at-bat that wasn't named Jonathan Davis, who he has been able to see 15 at-bats thus far this season. That was able to leave the game with a batting average that was higher than a 250. So you've got your issues there now. Andrew McCutcheon has been able to heat up recently. He's sitting at 250. And Christian Yelich, along with Victor Carantini and Rowdy Tellez, they're only between about a 245 to 250. With Rowdy Tellez, double-digit amount of homers for him. You've got Mark Brasso back in the fold. He's sitting at 280. He was out for quite a while, so that actually does wind up helping them out a little bit. But William Adamas, even though he has been able to give the team 15 home runs, and he just a 206. And for Toronto, Boba Shett, Vlad Guerrero Jr. at the top, along George Springer, they've all been able to, between about a 255 to a 265, all with a double-digit amount of homers. Springer's been out of the fold throughout the entirety of the series. Got to figure that he's going to be out once again on Sunday, but you've got Teasco Hernandez over the last three days. He's hit north of a 300. You've got Remy Tapia along Santiago Spinal, hitting between about a 250 to a 260. Matt Chapman has actually had a halfway decent series in this one as well. Well, he wound up having a home run off of Corbin Burns. He wound up having a massive RBI double in the first game of this set as well. And for the Toronto Blue Jays, big thing for them is that they wound up having to go deep into the bullpen on Saturday, but they didn't use up more of their trustworthy bullpen guys. Like a David Phelps is going to be available in this game. You are going to be able to rely upon even someone like a Jordan Romano, who I recognize has been a little bit up and down as a closer, but he's relatively rested in this game. And then for the Milwaukee Brewers, Devin Williams, Josh Hader, they're the best 8th and ninth inning duo on baseball. Both of those guys did wind up getting used up yesterday, including Ader for 20 pitches. That does wind up hurting them. Now, Brad Boxberger is able to provide a sub-3 ERA. Hobie Milner, he's been able to do a nice job. Sub-250 ERA for him, but Jendel, Gustave, Trevor Gott, guys like this, you can't have necessarily a ton of faith in them, and I do think that 
you're going to see both of these starters wind up giving up some runs. I set my total at a 9.8 as a result. So even with a 9.5, which you don't see very often for Milwaukee because the offense is about a little bit porous, I'm going to be willing to take this total over. And with the Toronto Blue Jays, I want to make them a minus 144 favorite. So look at Jays and looking over as we go to 977-978 on the bank board. The Washington Nationals hit the road face off against the Walker, Texas Rangers. Glenn Otto is going to be going for the Rangers. Jackson Tetrielt is going to be on the bump for Washington. Washington is finding themselves anywhere between a plus 135 to a plus 148 underdog with Texas. They are back to being a favorite anywhere team minus 155 and minus 169.5 is your total over and under anywhere team minus 105 and minus 115. And when it comes to Washington, I said them as a plus 196 underdog. I am not bullish at all on Jackson Tetrielt. He had a north of four ERA at the minor league level. His wipeout stuff, I mean, it's okay, but it's not necessarily anything that's overly amazing or anything of that regard. And for Glenn Otto, it's been a little bit hot and cold from ever since he wanted getting promoted to the big leagues last season as he's got currently a 424 ERA thus far this season, but he's been able to keep the ball in the yard, giving up right around 1.1 home runs per nine innings. The swing and miss stuff you expect it to be able to improve throughout the season. And he's actually been worse at home than on the road. 6-5 home ERA to 57 road ERA. I do think the things are going to be ironing out a little bit for him as opponents are going to get a 222 off of him. Now at the Washington Nationals, they do a good job of being able to reach base in general as you've got Yadiel Hernandez, Cecil Hernandez, Mikel Franco, Throw in there Nelson Cruz and Keybet Ruiz, only between about a 265 to a 245 for this team. Yadiel Hernandez actually up to a 275 now, but you've had Juan Soto hit just a 215 for this bunch. He has been able to give the team right around 14 home runs, but it's been an issue for him. Josh Bell, he's been able to give you 11 home runs. He's hitting a 300, but that power's not been there for the Washington Nationals. Meanwhile, for the Texas Rangers, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, both of these guys still stuck on a 227 batting average. Simeon has been regressing with the offense, just seven home runs thus far this season, but eight Elise Garcia. This guy has been amazing. Another home run yesterday. You take a look at what this man has been able to do really over the last 30 days. Nine home runs, hitting a 325 in that time span. He has been great. Nate Lowe has been able to provide you with a batting average that hovers right around at 275. He's able to give you a little bit of pop now. Need more out of guys like a Mitch Garver. You've been noticing that Leody Tavares has been a little bit hot and cold. He actually wound up having a nice day yesterday as well, but has been a little bit of inconsistency there. But with regards to the Texas Rangers bullpen, Brock Burke has been terrific. Sub 2 ERA. Joe Barlow is able to give you some good innings. Then at Santana, sub 2 ERA. Matt Moore has been able to give you more. Rangers had to mix and match a little bit with the bullpen yesterday, but Taylor Hearn as a bulk guy actually did a halfway decent job. So you're able to feel good there now. More and Barlow did wind up getting used up a little bit along with Brock Burke as well, but still have plenty of bullpen pieces out there. Meanwhile, the, with the Washington Nationals, they have a relatively resident bullpen. Problem is, it's just not very good as Kyle Finnegan has been providing north of a 4 ERA. Steve Ciszek, his ERA is north of 5. Carl Wears Jr. has been one of your best pieces with right around a 250 ERA. You really can't trust in any of these guys. Santa Rainey has been relatively okay, but I do think that Tetrielt is going to get destroyed in this spot. I do think that it is a case in which the Texas Rangers are going to be able to really get to them in this spot. I do think that this is a total that has been set a little bit too high because you'll just notice in the new Globe Life Park that the ball has not been flying out necessarily quite as much, but with regards to the Texas Rangers team, I was willing to pretty much take anything of even much or better in terms of this run line. If you take a look at it right now, you're going to be able to find them at a little bit of a plus price. I'm seeing it between about a plus 115 to a plus 125, so I'm going to be willing to nibble there, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total under, and then 979, 980 is the last game on the betting board, as this is one that is currently off the board between the Arizona Diamondbacks 
and the Detroit Tigers. The Road Tigers are going to be trotting out there. Bo Brisky, meanwhile, it is good to be determined for the Arizona Diamondbacks, but there's a lot of speculation that it's going to be Dallas Keuchel. And if we wind up getting Dallas Keuchel against Bo Brisky, it's going to be the highest total on the board. I set it at a 10.1, which would mean a 10 or less, I'd be taking a look at this total over. And for Dallas Keuchel, he doesn't need much of an introduction as he has been bad, bad, bad thus far this season. You take a look at what he wanted doing with the Chicago White Sox, and I'm not even kidding. In his first 10 innings pitch, he wanted giving up 10 earned runs. He actually had a couple unearned runs that were thrown into that fold as well. So, I mean, that was an absolute disaster. If you take a look at what he wanted doing in regards to, like, high A baseball, he was giving up a bunch of runs out there. He had a 788 ERA while he was pitching for the White Sox in his eight starts thus far this season. He wanted giving up six home runs over the course of something in the neighborhood of about 32 innings. His walks per nine rate was north of five. There is no reason to think that you're going to get anything out of him whatsoever, but I mean, even with that, I did wind up setting the Arizona Diamondbacks as a minus 135 favorite because you've got Bo Brisky, who has not been good whatsoever himself. Bo Brisky should be having like a north of 6 ERA right now with the way that he has pitched. I have no idea what this guy is doing up there at the big leagues. Actually, I do. The Detroit Tigers have four other five starters from the start of the season with regards to their starting rotation. Currently out of the fold, but for Bo Brisky, he's made 11 starts. He's 1-6 with a 4.07 ERA, but it should be much, much worse. He's getting six strikeouts per nine innings, two and a half walks per nine. He's given up two home runs per nine innings, and yet somehow, someway, he has weaseled his way out with a 4 ERA. Now, this is an Arizona Diamondbacks team that, as a collective, they're hitting sub-220. That's not necessarily too terrific, but Christian Walker has been giving 19 home runs. Still, Varsho, he has really had a little bit of a rough go of it over the last, we're going to call it 45 days or so, but he's still been able to provide right around 9 home runs. And you do take a look at Bo Brisky in terms of his home and road splits, and he's got a 534 road area, 276 home area, giving up 8 bombs and 30 in the third innings when he's on the road. Now, Arizona, they're getting right around 1.5 home runs per 9 innings when they are on the road. Meanwhile, at home. That winds up sinking to more around one-ish, but I do think that it's an Arizona Diamondbacks team with Ketel Marte of the Marte Parte back at the fold and Alec Thomas being able to between a 260 to a 270. They're going to be able to get on base. Josh Ross already has a three-home run game to his credit as well. He's hitting right around 250, and for the Detroit Tigers, it has been a ghastly bad lineup for the team. Jubair Candelario, Cody Clements, Tucker Barnard, Robbie Grossman, Javi Baez, Jameer Candelario, Jonathan Scope. I mean, let's just go down the list of guys. Eric Haas running a 221 or lower. Now, Riley Green, since he's been called up to the big leagues, has been solid, but I mean, he's seen like 25 at-bats for his career. Victor Reyes is sitting at 285. Miguel Cabrera, a 300. And if there is a redeeming quality with the Detroit Tigers is that the bullpen has been absolutely amazing. They're in the top 10 in terms of bullpen ERA. Willie Peralta has been able to provide you right around a 2-ish ERA. You've got Gregory Soto, who's been just a nasty reliever. Even someone like a Jason Foley has been able to give you a 3 ERA. You've had very good innings in general out of Michael Fulmer has been able to provide a 2 ERA along with Will Vest. So, I mean, this has been a Tigers bullpen that's been relatively solid, but I think the Brisky gets destroyed. I think the Keiko gets destroyed. Set my total at a 10.1, so a 10 or less I'm looking over. And with the Diamondbacks, want to make them a minus 135 favorite because, well, the Detroit Tigers, I do think that they're going to be able to get some runs up on the board, but when you wind up doing 
a little bit of a better job with regards to the bullpen with guys like Hashan Poppin providing you a sub-3 ERA. Joe Manette Tipley, he's been able to give you a sub-1 ERA. Even someone like a Kyle Nelson has been able to give you a sub-2 ERA. That should be able to help them out. So we're looking at the Diamondbacks up to a minus-136. And Denner Less going to be looking at the over. If we do wind up getting Dallas Keuchel, if it's a bullpen game for the Diamondbacks, I probably wind up knocking this down a full half a run. And I actually probably make the Diamondbacks like 15 to 20 cents better with regards to this line. So that's where we stand there and that'll wrap things up for the Saturday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Veasan Family Podcast. A big thanks to Josh Ingles of Covers for joining me in the last segment. If you do like material from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and tune in. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we will fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore one. Keep in mind letters CM. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual. Please do send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Podcast. Five, that five star review. Coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, and that means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, Every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.